Old School Lane Casual Chats is brought to you by OldSchoolLane.blogspot.com and is associated with Channel Frederator, Manic Expression, The Comic Book Cast, and The Araminta Show. Welcome to the final episode of Casual Chats for 2019, leading up to the new decade of 2020. I am Patricia, and I'm here with uh, two very special guests discussing about the 1999 Canadian animated series Cyber Six. Uh, I actually did a, a video of it a few months ago discussing about uh, the series. So with me, I have uh, the the person who actually voiced as Cyber Six herself, and you may know her for her other roles such as uh, Near from Death Note or Spike from My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. We have uh, Kathy Wisluck. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Hi, everyone. And uh, we also have the uh, voice of Julian, but you also may know him for his work on My Little Pony Friendship is Magic or Mega Man NT Warrior. So we have Andrew Francis. So welcome, Andrew. Hi, yeah, thanks for having me. I'd like to know from the both of you, so how did you guys get called in for Cyber Six? <laughs> it requires a lot of memory, doesn't it, uh, Andrew? <laughs> I'm pulling everything I got. <laughs> well, I mean, like any audition, we get called in, um, you know, just as we would on any other show, and uh, that was the case for this one, too. Uh, this one, even though it seems in some ways to people an anime kind of uh, style, or looks in some ways anime. It actually is a prelay recording session. And so in that respect, um, we just at the time got our audition sides uh, that would be sent to our agents. And then in those days we would come in person and do that in the studio. And uh, that's pretty much the process. And so um, that was the case. It's a bit different now as uh, Andrew can attest to. Yeah, yeah. Well, now a lot of times they ask for MP3 auditions, which I'm not a huge fan of because I love going in the studio and getting a little bit of direction from the director and being sort of guided. Um, but yeah, back in, in those days, uh, we were in the in the booth. Um, you know, I really only had one role that I was sort of eligible for as I was, I think, around maybe 10 or 11 or 12, somewhere in there, I think. Um, so I actually just brought up the very first episode that I did. And uh yeah, I just said just such a high voice. It's awesome. But anyway, so I, yeah, I came in and I think this is actually my first prelay that I ever did. I, I did a Monster Rancher show for a while, but I think this is the very uh, first prelay that I did. So I was kind of thrown into the deep water with all the pros and it was awesome. <laughs> wow. So I'm actually curious, did any of you guys get to audition for any other characters besides the ones that you ended up being? Yes. I mean, uh, pretty much when we do get, at least in my case, when I get... Uh, auditions, um, I will indeed try to audition for anything that I think is within my range. Um, and in that case, I think that I would have auditioned as well for the character of Lori, 
Um, this particular show was very, quote, you know, real in its kind of performance. Mm -hmm. It's still a little bit put on. Uh, it's not completely real sounding. But even so, um, in that case, there would have been no um, option for me to say go for Andrew's character or a young another young boy voice because they wanted uh, real actors, real voices for that. Right. Yeah, a lot of times in cartoons, you'll find... Um, you know, My Little Pony is a great example of that, is really talented um, voice actresses who are not the age of the characters that they're playing and sometimes playing boys or sometimes playing girls. Uh, you know, you find that a lot now. And that's because it's a lot easier to direct someone who has that experience. Uh, and also, I think hours come into play that, uh, you know, older voice actors can do longer hours. Um, but yeah, you know, I, uh, I only went for that one role as it was uh, like Kathy was saying, wanting real voices. And really, that's all I had in my repertoire at the time. Um, but very soon, hearing, you know, all the different awesome voices around me, I started like a sponge, sort of bringing everything they were doing in and just practicing at home and stuff. Uh, and then I'd bring it to the studio and try to do it for them. You know, I'm like, oh, I could do my best, you know, um, uh, Michael Dobson. And try. <laughs> hey, Andrew, did you uh, did you audition for Jose? Oh, actually, yeah. Good call. No, I, that, that's right. I did. Uh, I did audition for Jose. I can't right. remember the voice actor ended up getting it, but yeah, I, I didn't have the, the maniacal thing. I, I know, oh, Alex Dodick, that was Alex Dodick, yeah, Dodick. Oh, yeah. look, memory is there, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, awesome. He did such, such an amazing job with that character. But I remember, yeah, being like, oh, that's such a juicy character, but then after seeing what he, what he did, it was, uh, they made the right decision who they cast. Yeah, I think that um, the, the way that you guys were put into your roles, I think that it fit in just fine. Definitely. It was great, great. He did a great job. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I know that your memory might be a little bit um, uh, fuzzy, but do you remember any like behind the scenes stories of when you would record uh, for the lines of the episodes? Kathy, why don't you start? Because you probably have a better recollection. Sure. Um, well, um, it was at Ocean Sound Studios, which we still work at today. Um, and back in those days, um, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, we did have to go in for uh, all of the auditions rather than putting them on um, MP3s at home. And um, I, I'm pretty sure at that time the digital audio uh, machines were coming into play. So that was a new thing for us, too. And um, I was kind of doing the stints as casting, a casting director and director in those days as well. And I remember during that time um, we would have casting sessions and regularly the digital audio machines would would literally go down <laughs> and so we'd have actors waiting in the in the um waiting rooms the lounges and having to wait 10 minutes until the thing booted up again so it was really quite clunky back in the day so nowadays it's just awesome but as far as memories of anything outstanding i think for me it wasn't anything that was kind of like um shocking or different or anything like that except to say that it was really great for me because it was one of the few uh shows that had uh that featured a, a lead actor being a woman and so that was really awesome and it was very european looking this particular show um some new techniques were being developed at that point as far as coloration and and techniques and uh so cyber six was a little bit cutting edge in that way but um te technologically yeah we, we were just kind of well starting to get into the digital era it was quite funny yeah building off what you said kathy i looked at um like i said the the episode that i was in i don't remember where that fit into the season um but yeah the animation is really really beautiful almost ahead of its time uh, and, and another thing you mentioned was um 
at Ocean Studios is where we did the cartoon. And Kathy was saying, yeah, we still go to that studio today. Well, I literally was at that studio today. And literally with the, <laughs> the exact same director, Carl, who did, it was Carl, right? Yeah, it was Carl. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, with him again, I mean, it's he's such a staple of the building. I, I don't know what's going to happen if he ever retired. Um, oh but it's just God. wild that, you know, we're all still all still doing the thing, you know, so many years later. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I do know that the animation studio behind Cyber 6 was also the same people who did shows like Batman, the animated series, and um, pretty much a lot of the superhero cartoons of the 90s. So they actually did have a lot of experience working on Cyber 6 and, you know, getting the influences from the comics to put into, um, you know, into animation, which they did do a brilliant job of. I mean, even still to this day, they're the, the animation is still praised because it looks so unique for its time, you know, definitely going into um, more of a dark, edgy presentation compared to the light and colorful ones that were featured at the time. And you're absolutely right, Kathy, that, uh, you know, at a time in which when there weren't a lot of female superheroes, I mean, you had Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you had the Powerpuff Girls, but at the time you didn't really have like a lot of representation of, um, you know, females going out and saving the day. Nowadays you do. It's very common now, but back then it was a rarity. Absolutely. Rarity. Did you say rarity? <laughs> <laughs> You started, I'm just saying, right? <laughs> I didn't mean to say that joke. <laughs> you know, we can't, we, dog just, whistle. we can't help it now, right? We just can't help it. So I know, I know Francis, uh, Andrew's going to be, you know, he's going to be breaking into Boy, his oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But what was interesting to you, I wanted to just say about that, is you mentioned the uh, production people. Well, TMS was uh, the company, and it was in collaboration with uh, our Canadian company, NOAA which was headed by Hervé Bedard at the time. And um, it really was amazing to have a collaboration of that of that caliber, I think. Um, and so, yeah, when you mentioned the other shows too, it's um, it sort of was a, a blossoming and exploding of, of some new new opportunities there um, and, and for the big screen. So it was, I, I would personally, Andrew, would you like to see Cyber 6 on, Cyber 6 on the big screen? I would. Yeah. Wouldn't that be yeah. great? I would love to see that. Oh. I mean, animation would definitely hold up, and it's it's got that <laughs> feel of a big sort of motion picture too, and being such a and just being a cartoon. Yeah, I, I'm going to ask you about that question a little later on in the show. But uh, in the meanwhile, I, I know that it's probably been a while since you've seen any of the episodes, or maybe even remember some of the moments. But what would you say were your personal favorites in the series? I know for myself because Cyber Six, you know, I was the, uh, the character Cyber Six, and and her her whole struggle was. Uh, her struggle between being part human and part cyber. And so there was a scene, and I don't remember exactly the episode, but I'm sure the fans and the viewers will remember, but it was when she 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 pulls off her gloves and she's reflecting on how difficult it is, you know, sort of going inward. It was an inward moment about the struggle between that and also her her love for, for Lucas. And so I really liked that moment as well. And also just the fun moments with Jose, um, who, who, as we said before, did a great job. But I think that was it for me. I think it was when she was reflecting on the struggle between her humanness and her, her cyber side of things. That was a great moment. 
Yeah, I, I can remember that moment as well. I think that was um, from one of the earlier episodes in which when Cyber 6 and Data 7 were sitting on top of the roof and she was looking at a display of a red dress and thinking about like her being, what would it be like if she was normal? And then you have that scene in which her and Lucas would be dancing. And this is kind of like that more vulnerable moment that you get to see from and her. I have to say as well, you mentioned Data 7. I think... Um that was a really beautiful moment too. when the two of them met eye to eye when he was uh, pouncing about to take her out, basically trying to attack her. I think that was a great moment too. Yeah. Especially when it's revealed that that was her brother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this later as we go further into the show, but there's a story about um, you mentioned how it's affected us in our lives. Remind me about that moment because uh, there's an interesting story behind it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, anything for you, Andrew? Maybe like, uh, I mean, there, there, if you've ever seen like, um, you know, the moments with Julian where he would go over to where he used to live and he had to like steal money so that he could live. I'm sure that those are been, those have been like really like tense moments to like work on and to, you know, voice for. Definitely. Yeah, that was definitely part of the fun of playing this character was, you know, all the different sort of places that he got to go and the different things that he got to do. Um, yeah, I can't really remember them specifically, but I do remember, you know, being in sessions and watching Kathy and Michael, like Cyber Six and Lucas, sort of having their sort of talks and sort of seeing them infuse the acting into voice acting, you know? I mean, we're all in one big room when we do prelay, and so we have the opportunity to play off the other actor. And it was the first time that I'd really seen acting that wasn't in front of a camera and also just really having a front row seat for just a scene happening, you know? So watching uh, the direction come in and then make uh, changes and evolve the scene to be, or each of the scenes that they did to be what they were, I just really enjoyed watching that process. And of course the other voice actors doing all their stuff. Um, so that was my favorite part. It wasn't def uh, exactly moments in the cartoon because I can't necessarily recall, um, but just watching the acting happening and then sort of feeding off that and, and using what I learned and, and putting that forward, that was definitely my favorite part. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think some of my favorite Julian moments were when, you know, he's trying his very best to help Cyber Six out, even though he's very young. But yeah. he does have, you know, his moments where, you know, he's trying to fight off Jose when he's kidnapping Akiko so that Yashimoto can be able to locate Cyber Six. Yeah. Then there was the episode in which when the police officers were brainwashed and um, he tr uh, Julian tricks one of the uh, fixed ideas to like lift off the helmet. So by using cat's cradle. <laughs> and see, just at, at seeing the small bit that I saw, it gave me motivation to want to rewatch the show just because the animation is so good and the voice acting is so good and just has such great stories. I'm like, I got to get into this. I got to watch this again. <laughs> it, seems to be, it seems to be picking up on a new wave now, too. Sure. And one thing I wanted to say, um, I do remember uh, it's such a small and simple line, but it had a lot of response back then, too, but is when Cyber Six um, is in front of, of Julian in one of these scenes and just has a moment with them and basically just says, uh, a promise is a promise, you know? Right. That was kind because, of a scene. A nice moment. Yeah, that was a nice moment, especially since, you know, Julian didn't really trust anybody because he was an orphan and Cyber Six promises that, that you know, she'll be on his side and they basically become like really close friends for throughout the course of the show. Remember, and yeah. it's so funny because we got to be close friends, Kathy. Kathy would always drive me home. We lived about 45 minutes outside of the city. And so she had this brand new Audi, and I would get in there, and I remember everything was smooth. I remember to always say that. Do you remember that, Kathy? 
<laughs> he was just, he was what, what did you say 11 years old and he yeah. he was fascinated by this car and so was i actually i'd never owned a car like that too but um anyway and so he would pull when you get inside the car and you sit down with the little handles that pull out he would just go oh oh look at that oh yeah and i think his mother was really happy i took him in so that's good she most <laughs> she, if she was here she would be thanking you so i'll, I'll pass it on from her Thank and you. now he's shining armor with a beautiful deep voice <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh boy <laughs> <laughs> Well, right before we, uh, at, right before I continue asking the questions, I just want to congratulate the both of you for your work on Friendship is Magic, and um, just the fact that it was on the air for nine years and the 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 huge uh, following that it gained from you know people from all over the world. So I'm sure that you guys are very happy with the work that you were able to do for it. Yeah, that that show. Um, I don't even know what to say. It, it's a legacy. It's um, something that's impacted my heart for sure. It's really affected me deeply and certainly everyone, um, all the actors I know, but, but the millions and millions of fans. So yeah, it's, um, it's definitely something I'll take with me for sure. It's just, it's been a beautiful experience. I echo that sentiment. My next question is, who are your favorite characters besides the characters that you voice in Cyber Six? Uh, well, I love Julian, Andrew. <laughs> and I love Cyber Six. Oh. Push <laughs> fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I really no, I really did like Jose's character. And I, and I was so, Jose too. Yeah. Yeah, because Alex did an awesome job, but let's not forget that Janice Jo was also in that show. And um she had sort of cameo uh roles in that and, and played Laurie. So um but I think for me, I think it was Jose. I think he was just so colorful and he just did such a great job. And it was so he was so natural. He wasn't even really prompted that much in general to get the kind of energy and character that that showed up on the screen. It was amazing. It was, and, and I really liked just and the animation of that character and the writing for that character was just a really, really cool character. You don't usually see, well, I mean, I guess you do see sort of younger, sort of maniacal type villains, but you'll see them in shows, let's say, like Johnny Test, where it's Bling Bling Boy, where it can be very cartoony. Yeah. To have all Alex doing that, like very real, but then still maniacal and with the animation that went with it. Yeah, it was just like a sweet combo. And those fixed ideas were, I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were right, but uh yeah, powerful at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh Terry as Dr. Von Richter right. was actually really good too. Right, awesome. Yes, he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice to know that, you know, for the most part it was like a very small cast. I mean, it was just uh you, Michael, um Andrew, um Janice Alex and Terry and you know some you know few actors in between those but yeah it was a small cast but everybody was able to pull off um, each of the characters and they were able to bring something interesting to the table. That's so weird that you say that it was only that many people because I remember there just being like crowds of people in that room so it just shows how small I was when I was there. Okay. Yeah I mean there, there would be like you know uh, very interstitial characters who would come yeah. on by to voice uh, some. I know Brian Drummond um, he did um, Yashimoto and I do know a few of the other um, uh, actors who voice some of the secondary characters also did multiple ca uh, characters as well and uh, I think that, um, yeah, it just shows to show you that uh, there was a lot of talent put in for a small cast. 
Well, there's a writer. There's a writer that Drummond has to be on every single show as some, some <laughs> something. He'll be the engineer if he has to. But. Yeah. So I cut you off, Kathy. He's, gonna... all, he's always with us, you know. <laughs> <He> <laughs> is. But I think well, I think one thing that's interesting too that the fans may not be so aware of. At least it happens in many shows, but it really happened a lot in this one. As you say, we had a smaller cast. But if you listen to the children playing in the schoolyards in the background, uh, you can hear hints of our voices. I mean, they're not, you won't necessarily recognize us as who we are, but you'll, we, 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 I don't know how many in a, in a room at once it would be, but some of our just core cast would also play the laughter of the children in the schoolyard. And then they would double it up and double it up and double it up. And so that is all of us too. Oh, wow. Kathy, question when, because you know, okay, that's considered wallow. We don't do that anymore, right? That isn't the wallow that we usually do in the room now, like the falling or the, that kind of stuff. We don't do crowds and stuff anymore, do we? No, we don't. Um, but I think um, it's, I'm not sure if Ocean still does this or, uh, but what they have done is they have loop groups now. So there's oftentimes actors that are brought in now just to do that. So either they, and I mean, if it is for a show like Cyber Six or a regular series that's going on, they oftentimes will have us do it to a point and then they'll just use it over and over again in, a, in their, uh, like a log in a library. But yes. I do. Th I, I think groups come in. I do think there's groups that come in to do that. Yeah. I remember that was always fun. I, I would never necessarily get asked too much because they'd want like, you know, adults would be in a crowd. But I remember that was always so cool. And I was like, oh, I want to be part of like the triplets that do that or the, you know, the three people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we do do sound effects now and again. We actually do sound effects. And I remember for another show I was in called uh, 16 Hits and I played Shazamon in that. Um, they hired me just to be a crow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> there you go, nice. Dinner time here. Angry crow, Kathy. Angry crow. <laughs> hey, listen, I played, crow. Sad crow. I, played an, I played an oyster and a yam before too. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> what does that sound like? Boy, oh, gee, uh, he talks like that, eh? That's a yam. Did you know that? <laughs> I mean, duh, what else would a yam talk like? <laughs> oh, how silly of me. Yeah, of course. Oh, no, I know, come on. Can you tell we have fun? <laughs> this is a small slice of what happens in the room, too. My yes. goodness. Yeah. I'm sure you probably know this, but Cyber Six was originally based off of an Argentine comic book series by Carlos Megli and Tr Carlos Trillo. I was wondering if you actually got a chance to read the comics right before um, you would work on Cyber Six or like later on after you were done with the series that you got a chance to read it? You know, I, before, well, I, I guess it would have been during the actual recording of our show. I did take a peek at it. I won't say that I, I read it cover, cover to cover, but I did take a look at it. It was really interesting to see it in comic book form, mm -hmm. but um, it was interesting. Yeah. And I, and I could see how they borrowed from it. I think it was a little bit, what's the word? A little bit more intense. Adult. Yeah. A little, yeah. Bit, a little bit more intense than what was translated in the series. But um, I took a peek at it, but no, I can't say I, I read it cover to cover. I yeah. Saw pictures. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had to, I, I was doing a video on Cyber 6 uh, for my channel, and um, the thing is that it has been, uh, it was translated to Spanish, Italian, and French, but we never got an official English translation, and there have been a few people who dedicated to, like, translating it into English, and the stuff that I've read, like, the maybe first 20 or 30 chapters, 
wow, it is very intense. Like, yeah, yeah. very intense. Like, it, this is not for kids, by the way. I'll just Absolutely. let you know that. And that's why I was kind of, I was kind of surprised that they, I mean, I was happy that they chose that particular comic because they sure. did of what they derived from it. But yeah, if you get a little too deeply into it, you, yeah. <laughs> yes, wow. that is, that is quite an understatement, but um, I'm actually curious, um, you know, considering that um, nowadays with, um, with Cyber Six and the, the fact that superheroes are a lot more popular with the cinematic universe and DC and Image Comics and all that stuff, would you like to see uh, Cyber Six come back as a new series or even a movie, you know, to kind of like introduce people to, uh, to who Cyber Six was? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I was disappointed like everybody else that uh, it was kind of left written as a continuating series and then didn't continue on. Um, but I, I've heard so many people at that time and, and even to this day wishing that that would continue. So I would love to see that. Yes. And the great thing about it, I mean, well, maybe not so much our dear Andrew, but he certainly can do other voices. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's there's plenty of other characters that he in the air. It was the elephant in the room. Hey, you're a good fixed idea. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> there are plenty of other characters in the comics that we never got to see animated, and I think that he would do a fantastic job with some of the characters that would show up later. I think he would. You know, I, I don't want to spoil anything. I think that you know to get close uh, a character that's really close to Cyber Six and Lucas. There's a character called Genghis that I think Andrew would be perfect for. I would love to see that, you know, interaction between the two. I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, who it is, uh, you know, for spoilers, but I think that um, with Andrew's performance, I think he would be phenomenal. And there's plenty of other characters that show up later that um, really ups the tension of what happens to Cyber Six and Lucas and Dr. Von Richter's plans become a lot more... Um, uh, diabolical, and so does uh, you know, and we get to see more of Jose and the others. So, oh, yeah, I think, I think fifty-two episodes will do just fine. Then, absolutely, yes, and a, and a sure. movie, and a movie. <laughs> well, I know for fact, <laughs> at least, <laughs> I know, I know at least myself and Mike Dobson, our voices are still where they were. At least, um, still able even to do shampoo to this day. Believe it or not. Oh, nice from Ronald yeah, yes. That would be great. I would love that. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. You hear that, everyone? Bring it yeah. back. <laughs> Tweet and get Instagramming. Do the thing. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, I know that Cyber Six did win a few awards in various ceremonies, but why do you think, in your opinion, it only lasted for those 13 episodes and didn't continue on? You know, that is the ultimate question, and it is to this day. Uh, we never really had any... Um, knowing or, or there was no illusion as to what was happening at that time. We just suddenly heard it wasn't continuing. So I'm honestly not certain on our end of it, but um, usually when these things tend to happen, sometimes it's a production issue. Sometimes it's a budgetary issue. I really, I really don't know. And um, it's really a shame, but yeah. they left a cliffhanger. So it's just, in my opinion, it's ready to go. Absolutely. <laughs> in, in that sort of light, like, you know, a lot of times now, cartoons are coming back on Netflix, like Gangbusters, yes. you know, from a long time ago. There's a show that I did, you know, I don't know, six, seven years ago for many, many seasons, and I can't say which one, and it's coming back out of absolutely the blue, right? So there's no reason. This is a perfect candidate uh, for it to be picked up either by Netflix or one of the other streaming services or anyone, but especially them, and come back to life. It's perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So... 
I think now uh, we can get into the story that you were alluding to earlier, Kathy. So when did you realize that Cyber 6 left an impact on people? Well, back then I surely did because I was hearing so many things about it from people. And also now I just hear this huge um, sort of rush of interest in it again. But back at the time, in the, in the day during that time, um, I got a phone call from uh, the producer who said that a family from Windsor, Ontario, Canada wanted to talk to me. And I thought, what about? And um, so I spoke with, um, you know, the producer, et cetera, and my agent we were chatting about it. And it was a wonderful story. So what it was, was that a, a family had an autistic 10-year-old little girl. And um, she was severely autistic, uh, wasn't, be, wasn't able to um, speak a sentence. Uh, once in a while, she'd say a few words, but on, on, you know, instead of that, there was nothing else that she really could say. And so she would often um, you know, watch cartoons in front of the television and just really enjoy that. So this family had her um, watch Cyber Six, and for some reason, she just uh, became mesmerized by it. And I'm not sure the time frame after that began, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I think I'm, I think I'm not, they said that she began to associate things that they were surprised had happened. So she made an association between the Panther, um, Data 7, and uh, Cyber 6, and um, before that was able to suddenly recite I don't know if it was in the entirety of it, but the majority of Cyber Six's lines verbatim. Whoa. Wow. And then was able to not only do that, but was able to make the association between Data Seven, which was her little brother that had died, and then the consciousness by the mad scientist was put into the Panther um, and then sent to, to take out Cyber Six. So, she was known, Cyber Six con, uh, called Data Seven little brother in the show. And this little girl was so into it that she was able to make the association and ended up calling Cyber Six big sister. Wow. And so this blew the family away and they needed to contact me. And they had one, uh, they had a, a, a professional, like a, I don't know, you know, someone dealing with autistic children who was involved in it and they were fascinated and they wanted to speak with me and they were beside themselves because the, the, the little girl was literally able to, to speak. She was able to read these sentences and, and now put two and two together. So it was a really big deal at the time. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And you just don't know what it is or what combination of things um, connect with them. Like there's different things. I know a little bit about autism because I took a bachelor music degree back in the day and there was a music therapy uh, course in our school and they dealt quite a bit with autistic children and found that they resonated with, um, with rhythms. But this was something, this was my speech potentially. So we're not really sure how that came to be, but it was um, beautiful. And I have a stuffed animal to this day that their family sent me for that. It was really touching. Yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, you know, I, I had seen less of that um, because I was so young when it was making an impact on people for the majority of its time. Um, it's so sweet to see another wind now. Um, but no, I, I didn't really get to see that as much. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. But now I keep my eyes open for it. 
Yes, please. Uh, anytime that you go to a convention, uh, you know, po- you know, I'm sure that if you were to post up some pictures of uh, Julian from CyberSix, I'm sure people will be very excited. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's that's a good idea. He was 11 years old. He was hanging out with his friends, and you know, yes, <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, yeah, <laughs> getting ready for high school. <laughs> right, and being, being the star and all the other, you know, <laughs> for his age. Well, I get to learn from the best. I mean, that was what's, what was so great about being a part of the show was being around Kathy and being around Michael and getting to like just sponge some of the from the best voice actors in the city. It was amazing. Andrew yeah. was on fire then, and he's still on fire now. Oh, you know, every once in a while, <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, you are fire. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, my final question for the both of you is: What does Cyber Six mean to you? Yeah, do, yeah. Do, I'll start because I'll be brief, Kathy. Um, Cyber Six means a lot to me. When I look back on the time that I worked on Cyber Six, it was me um, emerging into a new industry that I hadn't done before. Um, it was being a part of a cartoon that had so much heart and so much realism um, that I got to watch great actors slash voice actors bringing these characters to life. Um, and now, you know, what, 20 some odd years later, um, it, it, it actually celebrated its 20th anniversary this September. Oh, wow. wow, that's wild. Wow. Uh, so I would have been, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, <clears throat> I just, uh, yeah, I mean, having this interview and just being able to look back on this time and sort of reminisce on, on times that I wouldn't have thought of if it wasn't for this cartoon, um, it means a lot to me. Uh, I wish that I'm going to rewatch the entire cartoon and really get more of a grasp of what it is and what it's saying. Um, but it really has a special place in my heart. There's no question. That's great. And I, I mean, I echo everything that he said with respect to the nostalgia of it. Um, you know, every time we do a show, uh, that's a series, um, it, it leaves an impact on us and we, be, we sort of build another uh, acting family and production family. And I mean, we certainly do that over and over with other shows that we're in, but there was something special about cyber six, um, in that, in that way. And, um, again, it was one of the very few lead female roles at the time. And not only that, like I said, it was, um, it was unusual and unique because at that time there were a few little cutting edge things that were happening, even in sound production, but digitally. And also, uh, you know, the look of it, as I said, was very European, and yet it sort of bridged um, the North American market as well. So there were those things, but but just the heart. I think the fact that it had such great morals and values again in that show um, is something I always take notice of. And I think that had also an impact on people, just um, the messages. You can, you can take them in so many ways. Yeah. I think that that's a great way to end things off. So once again, Kathy, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on by. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, yeah, if you want to um, uh, please plug and promote your stuff, where can people find you at? Uh, I'm on Twitter, um, and so you can certainly find me there. I'm blabbing away most of the time. So <laughs> Awesome. Um, and, yeah, I would go there uh, for, for most of my uh, most recent tweets, et cetera. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, you can catch me on uh, on Twitter or on Instagram. Instagram's real Andrew Francis, and uh, I think uh, Twitter's Drew Francis six zero four. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right then. Well, um, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Let us know in the comments below about your thoughts on Cyber Six. Who were your favorite characters? What was your favorite episode? What was your favorite moment? And would you like to see Cyber Six come back? Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Hope to see you around soon. Happy New Year! I'm going to post this on New Year's Eve, so Happy New Year to you guys, and you have a happy holidays. Oh, great! Hey, Happy, happy New, New Year! Year. Rude New Year's.
<laughs> and take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks so much.